The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Waddle and I back uh, talking uh, some football, a lot of baseball today with Craig Council being named Cubs manager officially with their press conference. We had Jed Hoyer on the show playing some of the highlights there. We pressed him on uh, Shohei Otani um, to no extent, though. He would not, uh, not bite. He would not give up any Cubs secrets. As to uh, their pursuit of Wim Shohei. DV, I, I heard that because uh, now Cap's all in on Shohei after telling us that it was a stupid investment a couple of months ago. But I heard this morning with Cap and Jonathan um, that they have become like a three to one odds. They've gone from like 20 to one to three to one. And then the second favorite behind the Dodgers to get Shohei. Is that yeah, well, well, well twenty to one really seemed like too high. Uh, yes, like that long shot. If I would have known that, I would have played that before. Um, I know that a lot of the articles that's come out since the the meetings went down. Nightingale had it where a lot of the general managers seem to think that the Cubs are very aggressive on this front. Are reporting that? Remember last week that came out. Um, it was in Nightingale's article, and if it's not the White Sox, I don't I know how, to say, yeah. how, how locked down all that information is. But I think most people believe that the Cubs, you know, who have the money, who have a team right now that is flushed with a lot of young players, um, are going to be in the free agent market. So why wouldn't they? Interesting. Like, like, like make arguments on why wouldn't they be in the Shohei market. Uh, Shohei's going to stay on the West Coast. Um, maybe that, the Giants, that's his maybe decision. the Dodgers. That, well, that, yeah, that, but when you're setting you're not in the it. odds, right? I'm saying, like, when you're setting the odds, you have to play all of that into it, right? So, twenty-one, twenty to one sounds a little high, but three to one sounds like very encouraging if you're a Cubs fan. That tells me that is a real distinct possibility. How how well do does Ve- Vegas knows point spreads, but how well does Vegas know like that free know. like in, uh, something that's not quant you know like this isn't something that you can really quantify quantify with numbers. Not sure. Three to one sounds a little bit low. What are the Dodgers? I mean. Uh, Listen, just to be mentioned in the in the group that is most likely to be in a finalist role is is very positive. If he's willing to seriously sit and listen to you, and why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't he? Because like last year or last time they did this, they've that was the word, right? He was that, interested, yes. That they, he chose the Angels over the Cubs, or so we were told, or so we heard. So. I don't know. Three to one sounds like pretty good, uh, pretty good odds. Yeah, no, I'm very, I'm, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. 
Like they don't like it's it's tough to land one of the top free agents. Now everyone has been screaming for months leading up to this too that there's no chance that Tom Ricketts is ever going to write a check that big. My I, response I don't to that, that has always been, "Why wouldn't he?" I don't believe that. Yeah. But people have been barking about that. Yeah, wasn't that? I mean, fill me. What was Jesse's thought on it? That the Cubs would or would not be willing to pay whatever it takes to get him. Because I trust Jesse more than I trust. No, I everybody think Jesse else. thinks there, there's a chance. Okay. Yeah, I think Jesse has thought that a trade would be the most possible. Right. But I think Jesse thinks they're in on Shohei, and I think he believes it more now than ever that that there that there could be in on Shohei. I think they're going to give it a shot for for the many reasons that w- that we mentioned again. Like why why wouldn't you? And, why and not? again, and it and it just again it, he just pays for. So many things. Like if his contract costs you five hundred, I don't know what what the numbers are. I'm not a sports economist, but let's say you could pay for it with 150 million, 200 million of it. Is that fee- does that sound feasible? How like, many years is it? I bet he could bring in over the course of the year. Is it a ten year, five hundred million dollar deal? Okay, so how much do you think you could extract from him in additional revenue and different streams over the course of, like for the marquee app? What is it, twenty dollars a month right yeah. now? How many extra subscriptions do you believe that you can sell? And then are you able to sell that app in Japan? Cool. Um, right. Uh, uh, that. If you if you do sign him, like are you are you even allowed to? Is that a major league baseball rule? Are you allowed to? It's a really to, good question. To, is that an MLB regulated thing, or, or you know what I'm saying? Are you going to sell out your entire home schedule? I believe so. They don't have the sponsorship patch sold yet that MLB now allows. How much would They've that bring choosing. in a year? I think it's going to. I think that brings in at least twenty million dollars a year. Okay. I think there was a comp recently from another team that. That got the the patch. I think it would make it. First of all, the Cubs are in an iconic uniform, playing in an iconic ballpark. Mm-hmm. If you land Shohei Otani, that brings in more eyeballs, the international eyeball. I believe you're going to get even more than you were going to get without Shohei. Do you believe it's worth? He's worth an additional twenty million dollars a year in revenue. Is that shooting too high? Because if he's worth twenty million, no, you've just I, uh, subsidized forty percent of his yearly contract. That, that's what I was thinking, like in the forty percent range. Then that basically makes him a thirty million dollar a year player. And that's easy. Not to easy. mention all the other added revenue that you may get because your team may win more games like and do other that, special Put that stuff. into perspective. Marcus Stroman could have opted in for twenty one million right. this year as an opt in, right? Now, again, I don't know. I'm speculating. I don't know the math. Somebody may say you're way high. Okay, let's say it's $10 million a year. You still have subsidized 20% of his salary. So I, he's a, he, at that point, he's, you know, I don't know if that's high with all those extra know. tickets no you sell. I have no idea. With, 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 with the, what that, that patch is going to be worth, with all the different things you can sign advertising. All the, Remember when Wrigley wouldn't sell any advertising inside the ballpark? Now, yes. how many different signs do they have? How many different signs could they sell internationally that they weren't going to sign before? Because it's Shohei. I, listen, I would say $20 million is probably a fair guess. A year. Extra revenue. And that's why I believe his $500 million that he's willing to put in Tom Ricketts 
is not just like a $500 million that he's willing to put in for Blake Snell and Pete Alonzo or Blake Snell and whoever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why two free agents at $500 million does not equal one for Shohei. That's why I've said that to Cap. It's not the same. He sees it as, as a money-making opportunity as well. They're going to get better. You're going to land uh, one of the premier free agents, and he's going to pay you back. I would assume that Jed, in his before he, he makes the presentation to Shohei, has sat down or will sit down with the business ops guys and put together a plan to put on the table for Tom Ricketts and say, this is why, A, here's, here's him as the player. I don't need to explain any further. You can you know who he is as a player. Here over here from a contractual standpoint. I just went Pat Pat Hughes on you. Contractual. Um from a Wilson money perspective. Contreras. This is why this is a good investment. Because this is a fifty million dollar a year player, but he's only costing us thirty million a year because this is our added revenue stream because he's part of our team. So Basically, what we're getting is a forty, a forty percent discount on his true value on a yearly basis. Yeah. That would be my presentation. Sure. I, I think that's already been done. I, I, I think so. if they weren't working on that before the season, that. right? I know right. the Reds yeah. haven't. I know well, the Reds have definitely not gone through this process. My guess is the White Sox haven't. Dude, he had a manager already hired for another year, and he had it in his mind about Craig Council. He knew Shohei was going to become a free agent. And and he, I, I, he's Listen, got all those guys working me. on He's this. a superhero. I yeah. know it. You don't Ooh. have to convince it's me. It's not being a superhero. A superhero. It's doing your job. Right. It's doing your job. Um, Jim in the West Loop, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up? Hey, you guys will have to find it. But about three, three and a half weeks ago, the San Francisco Chronicle, in an effort to uh, talk about how the Giants could sign Shohei, claimed that the Angels generated nearly $75 million a year in additional revenues just for having a healthy Shohei on their team. Mm-hmm. Much, of it, much of it came from international broadcasting, and I don't know how that would work for the Cubs right. with, their, with their thing, but still, that's what you're talking about. Right. You're talking about a guy who literally pays for himself. And if you can't make that presentation to your owner, then you shouldn't be in the job you're in. Whether you're the business guy or the general manager or collectively. Now, the owner may decide to go in a different direction, but every major league baseball team should have that presentation on the desk of their owner and should have been there weeks ago. No, I don't think he will because I think it's different when you sign a $35 million player. What was Hayward making? What did Hayward make? 25, 28, over seven or eight years? When Jason Hayward didn't pan out because he wasn't a good player, Jason Hayward didn't pay you back. Of course not. He didn't pay you back a penny. But if Shohei Otani falls short of expectations, he still will pay you back. Hence the reason. He's a businessman. What was he talking about during COVID? He was talking about losses. He wants, he still is thinking about business. So he's thinking about what could work, what could not work, but he also wants to make money. Hence the reason why, as I just said, every general manager and, and business ops guy should have put together a business plan about adding Shohei as a free agent and put it on the desk of their owner. 
and and said at the very least you need to read this. This is why even if we reside in Pittsburgh or Cincinnati or wherever you live, this is why this is still a good investment for us. It's why, like, it's crazy to think that Jerry would scoff at the idea. I don't know why side. any team would scoff at the concept. Phil in Buffalo Grove, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Phil? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm not disputing uh, that Shohei Otani is a good investment, but if we're worried that they're just going to, uh, if worried about them opening up the purse strings for him, they better be willing to open up the purse strings for other people, specifically pitching, because just signing Otani is not going to be enough because what they're going to be is the Angels. They're going to have a bunch of good position players, but no pitching. Yeah, I, I think they're already better with their core than the Angels, but I agree with you. You can't just sign Otani and think that you have a starting rotation right now that's good enough to win it all, or that you have, a, like we were talking earlier, a first baseman or a third baseman. The Cubs still have weaknesses in the bullpen. You've got to get better, and I think they're going to trade too, but I, I don't think it would just start and end with, with Shohei Otani. Yeah, I hope not, because if you can't win with Otani and Mike Trout, then, <laughs> you know, you need more than that. And that's what the Angels couldn't do. It's just not an NBA team. That's the difference. Like, it's yeah. it's tough enough to win right now with, like, some, some teams don't win with two stars anymore in the NBA. Like, in a baseball team, uh, many teams now have not won with only two or three really good players. You've got to have a well-built team from top to bottom. Pitching and, and bullpen and all the way around. Um, that's for sure. Uh, I want to play you some counsel. This is uh, Craig Counsel today and the difficulty that he had, the difficult decision he had to make leaving Milwaukee. Remember, he's from Wisconsin. It's been an emotional week, like no bones about it. Uh, much harder than I imagined. Um, the, the, just the speed at which this happened. And um, 17 years of relationships, you know, that all just, that hits you hard. Um, truthfully, that hits you really hard. The Brewers have meant a lot to me. Um, I have great relationships there. The relationships I have there are the relationships that I am going to try with all of me to build in Chicago. They're what's important about this game. The connection to the people is what makes this thing go. Um, it's the connection to the staff. It's the connection to the players. It's the connection to the fans. And that is the challenge I have ahead of me. It's a big one. It takes time. Um, but it's the one that I have to get right. So that was the, uh, the pull with him about leaving Milwaukee. Um, and, and obviously that's been documented. Here he talks about why he, he looked at the Cubs and he thought, that this was the right spot for him to be in. And he was thinking about the Mets and other teams, but why he landed in Chicago besides the money. I saw quickly that like the organization is, is just in great health. And like that, Jed presented a very compelling vision of that. Um, it is time to be a Cub, right? There is, there is momentum happening here, um, and it feels close. And that means there's a really exciting future ahead of us. Um, and now it's my job to, to be part of taking us to, taking us to the next level. Um, and that's the plan. 
That's the plan. And uh, Joe Madden never won a World Series in Tampa. Came here and he won a World Series. He got to World Series in Tampa. They lost to Philadelphia, I believe. And uh, now this is a guy. And he was asked, too, about his postseason record and, and such and what he's learned from that and the luck of the postseason. And now he has a chance to win it all with more resources on this team. When does the free agency stuff start to heat up in Major League Baseball? Any moment now? Yeah, they believe. I read an article about Shohei where they are predicting that at the next meetings after Thanksgiving, then in early December, that he could, and Jesse had told us too, that he thinks this could be one of the sooner rather than later deals. This won't be one of those that extends into January or February. And is it likely that this deal will be the one that is done before anything else? That's what Jesse told us. He thinks that a lot of the other free agents are going to wait for Otani to get done first. Unless they hear what they want to hear. Maybe, but, yeah, yeah. May, yeah, maybe. Um, here, uh, here was his reaction, Craig Council, um, when he first heard from the Cubs. Because remember, this was a big surprise. It shocked the baseball world. Did it shock Craig Council when he first heard that the Cubs, who had a manager, were interested in him? Yeah, the Cubs had a manager, and and that you know really makes you not think about him. Um, you know, the process, my process dragged on slowly, really. Um, and then, um, you know, Jed phoned me on November 1st, and um, we agreed to meet. Um, and it was a, you know, again, it was really Jed's vision here that sold me. Um, you know, it's it was a feeling, the meeting was, we were just feeling each other out, to be honest with you, like... You know, I've never really met Judd. Didn't know a ton about him. Just kind of the 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 you know that he's the Cubs runs the Cubs. So we're, it's a little bit. It was a little bit of like feeling each other out as much as anything. I guess probably is the best way to say it. You, you're not really laying everything on the table in a conversation like that. You're feeling each other out. Um, but you know, at some point, you know it. It was it was a long conversation, and, and honestly, Jed was aggressive in that conversation. I thought it was interesting, and a couple of the Cubs blogs picked up on this, too. When Jed joined us, and you can get that interview on the ESPN Chicago app, he mentioned that they haven't really gotten into the Cubs players and things that Council loves about the Cubs or doesn't like about the Cubs because when they were meeting, and like I think you could hear that through Council there, they were feeling each other out where Council wasn't sure how serious they were. And he didn't want to give up a lot of secrets or his true thoughts right. on what he thought about the Cubs and then be used to just get information. Like we always say, like, hey, the White Sox should just interview a bunch of managerial candidates so they find out information of what other people think about their team. Yeah. So Jerry can use that so they everyone can they they can go on a fact finding mission. He did not want to be used as a fact finding mission as a division rival. And I think you could hear that there. A lot of feeling each other out. <laughs> which I understand quite a bit. Everyone's protecting themselves. Yes. And if you're Jed, you want to make sure that if this doesn't materialize that it doesn't ruin yes. the situation that I currently have. 
They, and I asked that to, to Jed, like, did you feel a little dirty? Because what happens if it doesn't go well? You've got a manager. You're meeting with him at your house. And he said only three people knew himself, Carter Hawkins, and Tom and the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> no, it was not the Green Bay Packers. Here's a counsel. One more from him on uh, what Jed sold him on. You know, truthfully, Dead, Jed's vision was really just of kind of, the, to me, the health of what we look like going forward. Um, and this this process was was fast. I, I don't know that I I've joked with Carter already that um, I don't know much about the Cubs. Um, and but I believed in how Jed sold the vision, absolutely. Um, and that was impactful to me. Um, and, you know, I know enough about city, the franchise, um, the history, um, the, uh, just baseball in general, that I, I know how it works, you know. And, and so the vision that he presented of kind of excitement and where where the franchise is at kind of in, in, in on a big picture level, um, you know, we've, we've still got to get a lot of decisions right. You know, you've got to get a lot right still. <laughs> but but uh, it, it's, it's a really healthy place to start. He looked at Chad. He goes, we've got to get a lot right. There's still a lot to get right. I need some money. Not me personally because i got $40 million, but I need some money for some players. Let's do this. So that was uh, the Craig Council press conference today. Made you feel warm and fuzzy, didn't it? Well, and there was something else, too, that um, I took away. There, there were two, I had two prevailing thoughts watching the press conference on Marquee today. It was about, I feel great about the Cubs, and I like that Jed made the move. And then I had one thought that had nothing to do with the Cubs. Zero. It had zero to do with the Cubs watching Craig Council today. And I'll share with that with you coming up next. Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Three seconds left. The Cleveland Browns to win it. Down one, 31-30. Here's the snap. It's a good one. The hold is good. The kick is on its way. End over end. And it is good. But there's a flag on the field. Hold everything. I think it's going to be Kyle Hamilton jumping over, and it looked like he made contact with the Brown trying to do the Miles Garrett. We'll see. Yeah. The kick was good. It looks like it. Joel Batonio celebrating. Yeah, Tom. the Browns are celebrating. Foul for illegal leverage. Still go with Cal. This will end the game. And that will end the ball game. The Browns have won it 33-31. They've come from behind. 38-yard field goal attempt from the left hash mark for the victory for Matt Amendola. Here's the snap. Here's the spot. Here's the kick. Plenty of leg. And it's good! The Texans walk off with a win Yes, Cincinnati. And a 23-yard field goal try by Prater to win the game. It's 23-22 Atlanta. Here we go. The snap's good. The ball's down. The kick is up. And the kick is good. And the Cardinals win it. 25-23. Welcome back, Kyler. Here we go. Final play of the game. Lions going for the win. 41-yard field goal attempt. Hash mark left side. McQuaid to snap. 
There it is. Fox the hold. Patterson the kick. It is up and it is good. He got it. That's a victory for the Lions on the final play of the game. And what a game it was. Back and forth they went. No separation between these two. And Ronnie Patterson sends it through to secure a 41-38 victory for the Lions. That is big time stuff. Here we go. It comes down to this. Jason Myers between the hash marks from 43. The kick is going to be long enough. And the kick is good. Jason Myers wins it on the last play of the game. The Seahawks facing all kinds of issues in the fourth quarter. They come back, they score, and now they win it on the last play from 43 yards out. This one wins it. The Seahawks 29, Washington 26. Don't know if you know this, a Shefty tweeted this out yesterday. Arizona, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, and Seattle, five teams converted a game-winning field goal with no time remaining in Week 10. That's the most game-winning scores with no time remaining in regulation in a single week in NFL history. You heard them all there, courtesy of WKRK in Cleveland, WKILT. The Kilt. In Houston, WXYT in Detroit. KMVP in Arizona. Are we sister stations with them? I don't think so. They're KMVP. We're WMVP. And uh, KIRO in Seattle. What's the W versus the K? Is it where you live in the country? Is that what the divine is? The Mississippi. Mississippi. West versus east of Mississippi. Except for Pittsburgh. Right, right. So like back in the day, all the stations east of the Mississippi were W's. All the stations west of the Mississippi Mississippi started with a K. Interesting. Yes. Good radio knowledge there. Good radio history for you. I thought yesterday was a ridiculously entertaining day in the NFL. We haven't had many of those. And it did not get off to the right start. Because Thursday it was Bears and Panthers. Rock fight. And yesterday morning at 8.30 they kicked off another rock fight in Germany. Between the Colts and the Patriots. But boy, did that game pick up steam as the day rolled on. And it was quite an entertaining Sunday. I thought last week was great, too. Wasn't last week a great weekend of uh, football? I think it was, yes, last week or was it the week before? But it's been better. It's getting better. No, I thought last week, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think the games, um, looking up to refresh my memory. And then I want to tell you, too, about what, what I was saying before the break. The other prevailing thought I had... With, with counsel and a guy who is dynamic, who owns the room, who you know is going to bring in a winning vibe into the Cubs clubhouse. I was just sitting there thinking, just help us get that for the Bears. Help us in January find that guy for the Bears. Fair statement. Like that, that's what I was thinking. Can we have that too? For a football team? Well, I mean, yeah, you would want someone that inspires hope and thinks, makes you think that you're heading not only in the right direction, but can take you from one point to the next. Um, here's hoping that that takes place. But I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm in, the, in the bunker right now. I'm trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do against Detroit on Sunday. I know, but, it, like, I think even though it's, you're going with Detroit... If you're a fan, you're really thinking big picture, just like we were with Carolina, just like we're thinking about 
uh, Justin's future and drafting a quarterback. I'm thinking about the coach. Is 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 Eberflus really safe, or is Ryan Poles thinking about getting another coach? Is Ryan Poles going to think about getting a established coach? Could he be in the market for Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh's been in the news. Is is Jim Harbaugh a possibility? Is it another um, offensive coordinator? Um, so, like, wh- which one is it going to be? Like, I I'm not thinking about like as a Bears fan I'm not going into Sunday just thinking about Detroit well I'm not going into Sunday thinking about whether or not Jim Harbaugh is going to be available for me either I mean that's I can do two things at once that's not my main focus on Sunday whether or not Jim Harbaugh is going to be my coach not sick feel great got a tremendous workout in today had an apple like there are so many things that are going to have to transpire before any of that occurs so I can't live that far in, in advance. Like, the Major League Baseball season is over. There's still seven games. What is it, seven games left in this game or in this season? So, But is there, as Bears fans, is there fear that if Matt Eberflus kind of writes the ship here? That's why I think this weekend, Jeff, is the most important game he's ever coached. I, I'm fearful that if he even really doesn't write the ship, Meller, that we could be still headed for another year of letting him do it. That he still pulls his guy. That he has this unwavering belief that he hired the right man. That he's had so much to deal with. He's had not his own quarterback. And they're going to repeat history up there. They're going to go in with another a coach drafting another quarterback. Like I, I think those are the things that only ma- Those are the things that matter as Bears fans right now. Is who their quarterback of the future is going to be. Who's going to coach that guy and how they're ever going to become a long-term winner? Like if they beat Detroit, if they compete with Detroit, what they're going to be here to me is, 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 is okay. It, it will get me through Sunday, but my, all my focus right now on bear stuff is big picture stuff is, is who their quarterback is going to be, who their head coach is going to be. And what their answers are to get them out of this constant, non-competitive. But a lot of those questions are going to be answered as the weeks go on. Like the evaluation of Justin Fields will will resume on Sunday mm-hmm. in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got seven games that need to unfold before any of that can be answered. If you were making the decision today... You're looking at a situation where massive change will take place, or you really you haven't changed anything up at Hallis Hall. Right. The new president but, doesn't have the autonomy that was advertised. The general manager's sure. perspective may not be as good as we had hoped. Look, I could go into tonight's game against the Milwaukee Bucks and say, I, I'm just focused on the here and now with Bulls basketball. The fact of the matter is I'm as big of a Bulls fan as you know. The Bulls are going nowhere this year. And until there's significant change, and until they decide that the continuity is not the way to go, they're on the road to nowhere. And until the Bears decide on what their path is with the head coach, and if Ryan Poles is going to decide to veer away from his initial plan because he got it wrong, like really Detroit or the Minnesota game or the Atlanta game or the Cleveland game, none of it really matters. Fields is a different story. 
Fields can write his own path here if he plays great football in the next seven games. I believe he can show you that he could possibly be the quarterback. Do you really believe that with or without Fields, that Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze, with no defensive coordinator on this staff and no uh, uh, running backs coach, that this is your ticket to next year? I don't believe so, no. So that's why I was thinking as I watched Craig Council speak that I want a man who could command a room, who could be dynamic, a man who can win football games, who's just really good at his job leading the Bears going forward. You may have to wait eight weeks for that. No, I I, I know timetable-wise for it to be official, but I could still think about that sort of stuff. Of course. And like as I watched watched the, the, the Lions play, my prevailing thought was, Ben Johnson, get me some of that. I was thinking about Michigan. I was thinking about if, what's Harbaugh's decision going to be. Is, Har- is Harbaugh going to want to continue to coach in, in Michigan? He, they may not give him a contract extension. We don't know how that whole thing's going to play out. Do you think that they will? That will bring them closer together, or do you think that that will um, make them want to separate even more so? I don't know the Michigan program well enough. Look, if he goes and wins a, a, a national title, I don't know if that means he feels like the job is finished and he wants to move on to the NFL, or that means that they will give him that enormous contract extension that was in the works before any of this became part of the equation. I don't know where he's at on that. I, I mean, selfishly, I hope that he's interested in, in moving on to the NFL once again and wants to get away from all this nonsense. Some of it may be self-inflicted, but uh, that would be my hope. I don't know. I don't know how that whole thing is going to play out in Michigan. I mean, there's that, and then there's the former Big Ten commissioner who now is running the Chicago Bears, and how that's why I think it's all intriguing and why it's all it's interesting all food totally, for thought now. Absolutely, the, all then, of it is is there's a lot to be determined. And again, if things ended this season the way that they are right now, if in fact there isn't massive change, then you've got nuclear winter football wise up at Hallis Hall because that means nothing's changed. If you if to, the season ended today and you got status quo, then that means all of these hopes and dreams that we had that this thing was pointed in the right direction, that's all been a, a fable. How and, could and you? This, this bigger than ever because you did actually make changes with the president. Yes, like you can't make them own, sell the team. But you you did ask for a new president. You got a new president. And if they do status quo after this, and that's why that's is me as a Bears fan. It Sure, I could focus on Detroit. But this is consuming my thoughts about the Bears and big picture because I'm tired of losing. And I'm just thinking about all the things that could happen at the end of the year. As things sit right now, you've won six games in the last, how many, 17 last year? Where are we at now? So 27 games? Yes. So you're 6-21. and 21. You've had to fire two coaches for non-football-related stuff. You have led until you don't lead the league in penalties now because I believe someone else has overtaken you. Going into the game against the Panthers, which was a Donnybrook, I get it, against a horrible team. Uh, You led the league in turnover ratio, turnovers, and penalties. And you've won six games in two years. If the season ended today and there wasn't significant change up at Hallis Hall, then I don't have hands in the air. It's never getting better. 
That means all of this stuff that you'd hoped for isn't coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. It means that Kevin Warren doesn't have the autonomy that we all thought he had. Or if he does and decides that everything should stay the way it is. Or that he believes in Ryan Poles and just trust him. Then the judgment is going to be more questioned then than it is ever before. So, like, this is why I'm saying to you from my perspective, I'm I'm telling you, however you want to do it. There's so much that needs to be determined between now and the end of this season. You need to see Darnell Wright continue to improve. You need to see if Tevin Jenkins can stay healthy. You need to see a ton of this stuff. You need to see growth from some of these guys. You need to see your secondary stay healthy. You need to see Montez Sweat continue to pressure other quarterbacks. You need to see all of this stuff. And if none of that happens and they stay status quo, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, because it's that just means I, I, it's not like, going like, to get any better. Whether it's me watching Craig Council or whether it's me watching some of the good young coaches in the NFL who can lead, who you are dynamic, that's what I want. Yeah, of course. I want that instead of what I'm getting now. Yes, I want it all. I want to see our quarterback play like CG, uh, CJ Stroud. I want to see our entire team rally around you know their coach. I want to see all of that stuff. I want to see us draft well and sign good free agents. I mean, there's a lot that I want to see from this. But, I want to see him stop making penalties and stop turning the ball over. And I'm tired of whenever there is change, us thinking that it's going to get better, but it only gets worse, starting with Lovey. Like, it wasn't a bad move that they got rid of Lovey. It was a bad move that they hired Mark Trussman and Phil Emery. You know, it wasn't a bad move that they got rid of those guys, but they've not hired the right guy since. Listen, None of them. You're going to have more heartburn than 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 whatever in I this know, town. I know, but this is what we do. Like you said, we're not farmers. Maybe we should farm. Maybe we should oh, farm. Man. Maybe we'd have a we'd have a stress less stress. We'd have more fun. We'd have more success. Let's be farmers. Okay. Let's try well, our hand at farming. You want to go? Yeah. Oh, I want to go. Is it too late for us to become farmers no, at this stage? Of course, it's not. I have a little bit of, of, of experience that I can draw from and what, share. What are we going to grow? Whatever you want. It are we depends gonna be, on the climate you live what in. What kind of, are we going to grow stuff? What crops stuff? do you want? Is it, are we going to be like, or are we going to be animal farmers? I don't think you want to do that. What kind of farmers think, are we going to be? I don't think we have the intestinal fortitude to raise animals and slaughter them. What about dairy farm? Um, it's early mornings. How are you in the mornings? Not good. Okay. Well, isn't going out on the uh, field and... Doing the stuff that you have to do with the field yeah, you, in that early so, morning. But you can probably do some of that, you know, a little later than you can milk your cows. I mean, like... Do you think there's a, there's a whole lot of farming that gets done after 10 a.m.? Well, 10 a.m. is one thing. I'm talking ha- like, you know, if you're not willing to get up and put the boots on by 6.30, you know, I'm going to have to ask somebody else to be farming. Don't they with harvest you. at night? Isn't that why they call it the harvest moon? Or is that because it's so damn early in the morning? I don't think it has anything to do. With Based it, on this it? conversation, I don't think we have a chance. No, but that's the point. Hey, farming out. Listen, we don't have. have we listen, already disqualified. Do we have any yes. of the answers for the sports arena? No. So why not try our? It's our, that we have answers. Tra- tra- yeah, they don't have the answers. Well, the, nobody's listening. Farming. Nobody's listening to these suggestions. That's the problem. Well, so maybe someone will take our suggestions when it comes to farming. How many times have we said get a franchise quarterback? It's not that hard. <laughs> Easy peasy. 
right, 312-332-3776. We're going to cross talk with Black and Abdallah. Uh, they are out at JMO's tonight. Go see them in Mokina. And it's all brought to you by Steinhoffel's next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. This uh, theme music. As uh, we talk to them at JMO's Live back, in Mokini. Do it. Baba. better than ever. Who knows? Devin, hashtag grow. I'm eating a Snickers with a fork and knife. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's going on? What's Hello. going on? Crosstalk brought to you by Steinhoffels. Station the helicopter get you guys there in a okay time. Oh yeah, yeah. we made great time down here, and uh, now we're ready to talk some football together. and drink some Miller Lite. They drove together. They carpooled. Yeah, How about yeah, that. I mean, I technically, we live. I mean, we live farther away from each other, but we still live on the same street. What kind basically. of conversations you guys have on the way down? Well, we just make fun of you guys. Oh, well, that's, good. <laughs> that's easy. That's easy. No, we, we, we listened to you guys interview Jed Hoyer. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. And I believe the conversation we had when you hung up the phone with Hoyer was that's a great guest. Yeah. I could listen to 20 more minutes of Hoyer on with you guys. He's fabulous. He is one of those guests that you guys can't have on enough, and you yeah. can't have him on long enough. Weekly. I agree. So that, that's honestly, that was the conversation we were having. I said, I said, well, I would love to do a, a like a weekly with Jed. Yeah. And like, yeah, he goes around too. And he, yeah, he, like, he, he understands. He with it. Like he yeah. gets the, he gets the bit, right? Like, yes. Yes. He, like the polar bear stuff was really funny. <laughs> but then I also think his stuff on, you know, the, the state of baseball playoffs was good too. Like he's kind of got that, like. A little bit of Theo to him, yes. where he kind of zooms out and looks at baseball from ten thousand feet. You know, where you know you look at it, you know it is a grind, but also not the best team always wins. And you know, I, I wonder if he'll once he's done being a GM, he'll kind of go the same path as Theo did and become like a work for Major League Baseball type of thing. I don't is he know. Leaving anytime soon? Uh, I, I, no, I'm just saying like that's what. After That's two World did. Series championships in the next five years. Well, you know what was good about the conversation you guys were having is you ended the conversation with something that I've been talking about for a long time is that it's harder to win 162 than it is to win the World Series. Like, to be the best team for a full season just gets, like, brushed aside. We don't, we don't celebrate that at all. And he mentioned that you should have some form of honor to the team that goes – yeah, and, and get you the best record for 162. It, it's difficult to do that. And you almost have to build your team in two different ways. Yeah, the tournament, the, the postseason yeah. tournament is much different. For sure. And, but, but at least he said he understands the way things are, and, and not always even in the past before they even uh, changed the rules. Uh, not The best team didn't always win. So at least he yeah. wasn't one of these mm-hmm. guys who's like, oh, you know, we got to go back to the way it used to be. He understands that this is the way it's going to be. For sure. Absolutely. And I think that's where it's a good conversation because, Sylvie, you were asking, like, how do you, how do you put together a roster when, like, those are kind of two conflicting ideas, right? You need a team to be successful over the long term, but also you need a team to excel in the playoffs. 
And I guess the answer is just get into the playoffs and hope it works out for you. Yeah, yeah. What was your uh, what were your guys' football thoughts from the weekend? I watch a ton of football. A lot of games. A lot man. of football. Um, CJ Stroud is a, a stud. Um, Michigan proves that they are a tough team. Yeah. I, I think that's something. Wait, what do you mean? Eh, they yeah. they ran the football and they went on the road and they won a tough game. All right. yeah. Listen, when I, I, it's great. It's awesome. Great win for them. You know, their Jim coach had a just, workout coach, in an apple coach today. Just died, so I mean, it's a big deal for them. He didn't die. I mean, it sounded like he did after the game. He did. Um, my coach. We won for my coach. But like, I don't know if. They have bigger aspirations than just beating Penn State, and I think running the ball 400 times isn't going to beat a it's lot hard of teams. Hard nose. I wish playoffs. we had that for our football team here in Chicago. Like, yeah, I mean that'd be cool, but I don't think like if they get to the college football playoff, like that's not going to fly against a team that can just throw all over you all day. Like the thing about Penn State is they've been pretty mediocre. Uh, as far as like big plays goes and throwing the football, like that's just kind of what they've been under James Franklin, especially this year. So like I wasn't surprised that. Michigan ran away with the literally ran away with the game because I didn't think Penn State was very good this year. Like I'll see, what, like we'll see what they can do against Ohio State. If they end up beating Ohio State again, which I think they will, and get to the college football playoff, then let's see if that if JJ McCarthy can actually do anything. And by the way, that Ohio State offense—I I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is elite. Yeah, but that offense in Ohio State ain't that damn good. No, it's either. not. It's not. It's a, they play a lot of good defense. I don't know if that's a product of playing against bad offenses in the Big Ten. but By their standards, it's kind of a down year yeah. just because of the quarterback play that yeah. they haven't been yeah. able to achieve. That they haven't their passed. running backs been hurt too, Adam? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of a down year offensively in the Big Ten, that's for sure. Hey, guys, we have some uh, breaking news here for the show tonight. Uh, originally, TJ Edwards was supposed to be with us. He can't make it. Uh, we have a replacement. We do. Danny Zerman has let us know that Tom Thayer is Tommy on his Monday. way. All right. It's Tom a, Thayer will be Thayer in the building. How about that? You know why? Because he's the best teammate you he could is. ever He's a great yeah. dude. How great is that? We just got a pizza up here to the stage. Thayer's going to be here. That's how, we knew, that's how we knew he was coming. Yeah. We didn't order this. He pre-ordered this on his way. Thayer did? Yeah. There's nobody <laughs> better in terms it. of teammates. Yes. <laughs> he's the best. All right, boys. Have a great show, okay? Thank you. Talk to you guys later. Go see the guys at JMO's Live in Mokino. We love that spot. You're going to love hanging out with Black Abdallah and Tom Thayer. Go meet a Super Bowl bear. You're going to have a great time tonight. Thank you to Tyler and thank you to Meller. We appreciate uh, Jed Hoyer and Matt Eberflus joining us today. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Monday night.